something big to go places and write but she said that after her father's death she lost her confidence in everything by the time my father came into the picture she'd given up she'd met him the year before after he'd won his first victory in the state legislature her father thought he was the most promising young politician in blanco county and wanted her to interview him for the family newspaper he was tall six feet four Sam Johnson was a small-time farmer and trader in real estate and cattle. A great storyteller, his language crude and often vulgar, he was apparently a new kind of man for Rebecca, the opposite of her father. Eight months after her father's death, she married him and moved to the little farm on the Pernolis. The anecdote Johnson told me of his mother's life does not cohere. If she had possessed the talents of a great novelist, it is hardly likely that her writing would have been completely stopped by her father's death. And her only published work, A History of the Johnson Clan, is a highly mannered and sentimental rhapsody. Now the light came in from the east, she wrote of Lyndon's birth, bringing a deep stillness, a stillness so profound and so pervasive that it seemed as if the earth itself were listening. And then there came a sharp, compelling cry, the most awesome, happiest sound known to human ears, the cry of a newborn baby, the first child of Sam Ely and Rebecca Johnson, was discovering America. And her splendid image of Joseph Baines, a man who insisted on morals and politics and inveighed against speculators and drinkers, must be reconciled with the man who lost all his money on one speculative deal and introduced his only daughter to the hard-drinking, practical Sam Johnson. However concocted, Rebecca's family portrait, the types and conceptions she delineated, nonetheless affected Lyndon Johnson for the rest of his life, forcing divisions between intellect, morality, and action, shaping ideals of the proper politician and the good life. By contrasting the idol of her cultured youth with the grimness of her marriage, Rebecca left her son forever ashamed of his roots on the Pernolis. There is a sense in which Rebecca's story resembles that of many other educated women in the West, who found themselves trapped in a land and a life that they loathed, and yet whose only choice seemed self-denial. The good woman never complained in public. She considered it her duty to repress any awareness of the disparities between the civilization she had left behind and the one in which she had now placed herself. In her ancestral history, Rebecca writes only, I was determined to overcome circumstances instead of letting them overwhelm me. At last I realized that life is real and earnest and not the charming fairy tale of which I had so long dreamed. A life devoid of all she reverenced, reading and long conversation, a tedious life of feeding chickens, scrubbing wash, sewing clothes, growing vegetables, became simply the problem of adjustment to a completely opposite personality, to a strange and new way of life away far removed from that I had known in Blanco and Fredericksburg. To her son, however, Rebecca voiced her profound discontent, describing in anguishing detail the ordeal of her life on the Pernolis with Sam Johnson. My mother soon discovered that my daddy was not a man to discuss higher things. To her mind, his life was vulgar and ignorant. His idea of pleasure was to sit up half the night with his friends, drinking beer, telling stories and playing dominoes. She felt very much alone. The first year of her marriage was the worst year of her life. Then I came along and 
Suddenly everything was all right again. I could do all the things she never did. How Children Dance, Reiner Maria Rilke wrote, to the unlived lives of their parents. Suggesting in poetic language much of the analysis that follows. In the course of this analysis, psychiatric knowledge will be used as a means of understanding the formation of Johnson's behavior. This body of knowledge, however, is, and perhaps always will be, incomplete. There are mysteries of the human mind that no analytic technique can penetrate, mysteries which, over time, even the greatest psychiatrists, poets, dramatists, and novelists have been unable to explain. There is, for example, no psychiatric principle that can explain Johnson's immense talents, his extraordinary ability to harness his personal needs and direct his strength tirelessly and with practical intelligence toward the highest public achievements or his capacity to sustain a private life.